What's up, everybody? So this week on the show, I got Jesse. What's up, guys? I'm a fill-in. Jesse's <laughs> totally a fill-in. So yeah, we had some cancellations this week. I'm a factory second. I'm irregular. <laughs> Everyone loves a good factory out in the mall, right? Yeah. Looking right. So yes, we are uh, in the saga right now. We're doing an episode, which we should just do this more often. Yeah, we should. And uh, Saga Talks. We are going to be talking about throwing the first ever clo- the old clothing show in Toronto a couple weeks ago. Nice one. He just threw that out on the fly. So that's where we're going today, guys. Got a good sleep last night. Um, flew in from Toronto last night. Good. Excited for the bowl. Another good one, I think. Locals in town. That's cool. Yeah. Terran's in t- back in town. Yeah. Thrift, Thrift Lord. Lord is back in Cali. Kelly's around. Everyone's around. So, yeah. If you guys want to come see us at the bowl, uh, we're pretty much every month again. Booth 3140. Is that what we are now? They changed the booth numbers. Uh, they changed the numbers. We're, Basically, you we're go over the bridge. You go over the bridge to the white section. Hang a right. Back right-hand corner. You find the Heifetz brothers and whoever's hanging out with us that month. This is correct. So I wanted to talk about throwing an event. Yeah. So to preface this, Jesse hits me up probably, I would say, no more than six weeks out and says, bro, I forgot to tell you, bro. I've been kind of talking to these guys and we're going to, like, throw this event and in six weeks, yeah, <laughs> I'm like yo, that's uh, that's pretty tight considering it was very tight timeline. We had not done this. We had a, our partner Mark, great shout guy. out Mark, uh, also uh, previously as Deadstock Depot, Google Chrome boy on uh, IG, Mark Keelan, great guy. Um, so yeah, so we. Basically, how it worked out, my good friend Drew Hale from Last Planet, he promotes, uh, does a lot of parties, raves, um, night events, music events, things like that. Good, good friend of mine. Um, him and a couple other buddies, Gabriel, James, they acquired this warehouse space in Toronto. And we had loosely talked about doing like a clothing type market there. Um, initially, I was thinking about just like trying to find another event promoter like like Deadstock Depot or other there's other guys that were doing like smaller events in Toronto just to basically just middle it to them and just be like look here's the space like do an event then I got to thinking I was like well I think I want to give you know try my hand at this and like put Ephes and Frank behind it get bid stitch bid stitch behind it and give it a shot and see what you can do and 
I'm used to working like kind of on the fly on tight timelines at times. <laughs> I just kind of wing it. And uh, we had spoken over the years about doing events and the old clothing show was a wicked show back in the day in Toronto that kind of went defunct. I'm yeah. Like, so let me preface this with that. The, the old clothing show was started in the eighties in Toronto. It was a huge show, a vintage clothing show. And it ran for over like about 20 years up until the early two thousands. And then it just went defunct. And uh, so we brought the name back and uh, came back as the old clothing show because we wanted to bring that vibe. So my, th- my vibe for it was like, you know, you have events like virtual shout out Chris, you have events um, like uh, ThriftCon. They got all the ThriftCon crew. And everybody else out there throwing events. Yeah. There's like so there's, many there's events tons. right now yeah, so in America and Canada. Those are just the it's two. Great that, to see. Yeah, those are just like the two that come to mind. But there's lots. And uh, But what I saw, and then you have like other events like that we used to do, like Inspiration, which hasn't happened in a while. you got like Faded Show coming up, which we're doing out to Bowie Coke Mirror. Um, that's coming up in Providence, Rhode Island, end of May. May 28th. Make sure you check out Faded. We'll put the link in. So that's kind of more like along the lines of inspiration or from what I've surmised so far. I think that's like a mix of like, you know, a hype and inspiration market. It's yeah. going to be a, a good mix. So for for anyone who doesn't know, like Inspiration was a show put on by Rin Tanaka, who's a famous auth, uh, author in, in the vintage clothing world. Um. He put out books called My Freedom and a number of other books as well. Um, and he sh- he did a show for, I think, like seven years or so uh, called Inspiration. It happened in L.A. in February. And it was like all true vintage, like real vintage, like all the heaviest hitters came out. And that was a sick show. We did it pretty much every year, I think. Yeah, we did the start. We did. We were there. The we're there from the very beginning. The first year was in the Santa Monica Airport hangar. That's right. Super sick venue. Very like. Second year was at the Queen Mary. Yeah, which was again in like the bowel. The Queen Mary, if you don't know, is a fucking ship parked or docked in uh, Long Beach. Long Beach, yeah. and it's like in the fucking guts of this ship. And yeah, you could was... go into like the crazy engine rooms and shit. It, it was, was really cool. And everybody stayed on the ship. Yeah, yeah the first year we stayed on the ship. Yeah. Um, and then eventually moved to like the uh, downtown LA spot where yeah, uh, it's called like the the wholesale district market. Yeah, but anyhow, anyhow, so so you know you have all these shows going on that are kind of like what I'll say like hype, like t-shirts mostly, nineties uh, and two thousands and stuff like that. And then you have like this older kind of style show like Inspiration and like the old clothing show used to kind of be like that. You know, a lot of true vintage like you know things like forties and dresses and you know like real true vintage and so my cons my thought process my concept for the old clothing show that we were going to do was like i wanted to bring those worlds together i wanted to have like a bigger thing you know like instead of like segregating the scene like oh well they're just t-shirt guys and they're hype guys and they're oh those are just the true vintage rockabilly guys i was like let's get it all under one roof Make this like more of an immersive experience. Kind of had some lofty ideas and, and plans that didn't all come <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But um, it's kind of, you know, vintage clothing in general is, is super popular right now. It's fashion. People wear this shit. Like this is this is clothing. So fashion, it, you know, we're trying to bring all these things together. Wear a wearable 
clothing market where people can go and shop. All types of people. Everyone can find something they like. You know, this isn't a collector's market. Although yeah. you can find collectible things there. Yeah. But we wanted to be able to service everyone. So if, like, you were, like, a middle-aged mom who wanted to, like, get a nice 50s dress, you could find it there. If you're, like, a 16-year-old kid who wanted to get a Dragon Ball Z shirt, you could find it there. If you wanted it, if you're, like, a 30-year-old guy who's, like, trying to fill out your Smashing Pumpkins t-shirt collection, you could probably find it there. Like, a little bit of something for everyone. Get your motorcycle jacket on. You know, we had jewelry vendors there. We had some record vendors there selling vintage vinyl. Um, and, like, you know, we're definitely doing more. And the plans for the future is to get more diverse, you know? like Yeah, bigger audience. Bigger audience. So let's run it back because we want, we want to know about throwing this event. Yeah. So you came to me six weeks out. You and Mark had already been working on it. You're working on it with the guys who got the space. Yeah. So he all, this is also something he told me in the beginning. He said, okay, we got the space for the weekend. It's a space that they're potentially going to be renting out long term. It's a warehouse. It's kind of like, what, what was the neighborhood of Toronto? Uh, stockyards, stockyards, which is like half an hour out of downtown, essentially, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, half hour west out of downtown, um, depending on traffic. Super cool building. Yeah, we finally got in there. But he throws this. He says they're having a rave on the Friday night, and then we're having the show on Saturday morning, which we got to flip from a rave. You know, if you've ever been to a rave, they go all night, and then we got to flip it to a show in the morning, and then it goes Saturday Sunday. Now. That was the other thing, too. I didn't want to have, because most of the shows out there are like a one day, one hit, hitter winners, like yeah. one day. And I was like, no, I want this to be a two day thing, because that was the old clothing show. It was a weekend long event. So for people that have to work Saturday, just come Sunday. And one of the, you know, the selling points, marketing points was like, if you bought entry on Saturday, you can come back Sunday. Yeah. And a lot of, yeah, like you for said, free people. Can only come one day, depending on work, maybe. Also, vendors, if they're slugging and lugging all this shit out, they get two days out of it selling versus one day. Yeah. You know, typically, like, if you're going to rent a place, it's probably not going to cost you much more for the double days if the place is empty anyway. Not like back-to-back events usually happen in these spaces. So made sense. Although when, that morning when we were in there, I was like, fuck, it would have been easier if we just did on the Sunday and had the whole Saturday to clean, to it, clean it and prep. But it all worked out. So we'll get, we'll get to that part, yeah. too. So... So as far as like your first go doing this, running an event, getting ready, like give us, run us through like what that looks like, what it takes and like some of the things you thought maybe you, you weren't expecting. Um, well, I think there's like, there's two major components, right? Like your biggest component, like your initial component is like, you got to get vendors, right? You got to have product there for people to come to, right? You're creating the show first. The show is like, is made up of your vendors. They're the bot. They're the backbone of your entire show. Yeah. So that was the initial thing. You know, thank God I know most people in Toronto. So does Mark, our partner on this, and uh, and you know we have a good reputation. So that that part came fairly. It, w- it was pretty intuitive. Like like it was pretty easy, so to yeah, speak. Because because our your our relationships in the business, F isn't Frank, you personally, yeah. Dead Stock Depot's relationships, the trust that we've built with these people over time of you know them knowing who we are, what sure. we do, and the integrity. So but but there's another there's a caveat to that, which is that like you're also putting your rep on the line a bit. Because I was selling these guys not a dream. I was well, yeah, I was selling them my vision. 
Right? Selling them the dream, baby. I was selling these guys my dream, my vision, Mark's vision, our vision, collectively, Drew's vision as well, which was like, look, we're going to put on this great clothing show. We're going to get it fucking rammed. And, you know, you got to do this show. We're like, and some people were reluctant. Some people that I know for a long time didn't do it. They were weary of the, the area that it was in because it wasn't super central. Um, it was the first time we did a show. For whatever reason, they were on the fence and they decided not to do it. They, most of them regretted. But that's cool. It's not a blame thing. I was nervous as shit too. So, so the compo- so yeah. So we we were able to initially do our like initial reach out, fill that space with vendors. We had over fifty vendors, and uh, so that was the first component. Then once that happened, there was like a massive realization, which was like, if I don't fill this place with attendees. I'm potentially going to fuck a lot of relationships here or, or maybe not, but, or definitely have a lot of people upset and this blow my chance of doing this again. Cause you know how it goes. Like if, if nobody showed up. Yeah, of course. That's, that's the number one thing. So when you think about an event, it's basically, it's not rocket science here throwing an event, although it is, does take a lot of organization. It takes a lot of thought. Number one thing is keeping your vendors happy. That's yeah. the only thing that you have to worry about because that means that people came. If the if people came, the vendors are happy. But also not just people came, people spent money. money. So that means getting the right people to come and the people that are actually going to shop. So, you know, that's the number one thing about an event in any system is or any genre of event you're going to throw is getting the people there to spend the money. Now, you know, so we had to dive into the marketing world at that point. Absolutely. So then that so that was the second component. That was really like the second part of the equation. The first part was filling the space with vendors, getting everyone to commit. So that okay, we've we know we've got 50 plus vendors in here. And that was so that was the first part. The second part was okay, how do we get the people here, the public? How do we reach these people? Um so you know, definitely. You and Mark were extremely helpful in that regard because you guys spend a lot of time in marketing. So you guys had a couple go-to guys to do. Yeah. So we have like, we have our marketing plan. We're not going to get into that super detailed here, but we, yeah. the bottom line is that we did it cheap on marketing. We spent on marketing. We overspent. I actually went, we budgeted for marketing and we overspent by probably about 30 or 40%. And the reasoning was that we really needed this this first event to bang. And that's what we're always going to do. They're always going to bang because we're going to spend the money and put the effort into marketing that is required to keep the vendors happy. And to keep it going because it's a long play. It's not a one and done. So I'd rather like profitability for us is secondary to profitability for the vendors. And that's advice I would give to anybody that's trying to show us throw a successful event that's going to have longevity is that your money doesn't matter. What matters is the vendor's money because they're, if they're ready to come back, then you can keep tweaking it and building yeah. it out to make it more and profitable. As long as you didn't lose money, like you take all the vendor booth money realistically should be should be spent on marketing or the majority of that money should be spent on marketing because that's what they're paying for. And it's like people are happy to pay a higher price for a booth if they know that people will come and spend money and they'll make money. It's very simple. You know, people don't want to come to, to shitty events where nobody spends money on marketing and they're just going there to show up and fucking hang shirts on a wall that nobody fucking cares about or buys. 100%. What's the fucking point of that? Unless you want to just be a bro schmo with all your buds and, and hang out for the weekend. But 
But most of the people that we're dealing with, most of the dealers or vendors per se, they're not those kind of people. They're not there to hang out. They run a viable business and they want to make profit. They need to pay their bills. So to finish off this, this story, we fucking turned it out. That the event was crazy packed. So that morning, we're all kind of, you know, that the morning is the. I was shitting bricks. I was nervous <laughs> as hell. I, and I probably had a good game face on because I'm, it's not my first rodeo. Like I know how to like kind of hold it down so I don't freak everybody out, but I was shitting. And I flew out. I flew out. I was there for the, the whole Friday and then, then obviously for the event. And I was also freaking, although I, you know, you had a lot of the brunt of the stress on that, but you know, because you're there, you're first of all, we're having to flip the space from the rave to the event. And, you know, it's hard to envision it full of vendors when you're looking at like dirty floors and fucking this empty fucking warehouse, empty, just a straight empty warehouse straight after it still smells like the beer machine and stale beer. Yeah. You know, and, but it started to fill up with vendors and look great. The fucking line was there, and the stream of people was so good all day. Like the coffee, the coffee uh, vendor, the pastry vendor showed up on time. Got all the vendors' coffees and and all the uh, attendees' coffees. Our food truck guy was out there slanging poutine all day. Great fries, yeah, and burgers and dogs and whatever. And um, you know, so like at the end of the day, yeah, there was some hiccups, but it all worked out. The most important thing was the people showed up with money. We had two ATM machine cash machines in there that were fucking cleaned out by Sunday, end of Sunday with a lot of cash. And, and the vendors were super stoked. Vendors were super stoked. They about. all made money. And a lot of them said this was the best, best event, event they've had in Toronto or one of the top events they had. Like one of our vendors, shout out Hula Popper, said that he, he, had, he had like a best case scenario goal for the weekend that he hit on Saturday. Meaning Sunday was like beyond, beyond what he even had projected for sales. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about though, like other things to think about for events. Okay. So yeah, tell them about how you bit off more than you can chew. Well, I wanted to have this be a really immersive event. I wanted to, to like, so part of the marketing angle is like, well, how are you like, why, how, like, how can you make it attractive to attendees? How can you get more people there? So one of the things that I thought of, which is like, how can we get the community more involved? So one of the successful things that I've seen in a lot of the U S shows is these trading pits. So I was like, we should have a trading pit component. So that kind of fell a little flat. A, because I'll admit that I wasn't as organized on that front as I would have liked to have been. B, the space wasn't as clean as we needed it to be to actually have that floor trading thing that normally goes on. Although we created a workaround, we did tables. Um, yeah, we gave everyone tables. People did show up for the trading pit. I think like education on trading pits in general is, is yeah, important so, for the next time because we had these guys show up. You know, a trading pit to me, I don't know. You guys can leave notes in the comments about this. But a trading pit to me is a buy-sell trade. Yeah. You're there to, to do whatever. You're there just to fuck around with your shit. Sometimes you're trading. Sometimes you're selling. Sometimes you're buying. It's like it's, it's a buy-sell trade environment. I think everyone that came to our trade pit was strictly trade. trade. They only wanted to trade. Which kind of threw me off because there well. wasn't enough people to make. There wasn't trade enough people. To still trade. had people showing up, and I feel like education about that trading pit scenario is important for the next one. Absolutely. So I think just more media, like more like video, more like um, you know marketing 
uh, tools that we can like explain different aspects is definitely going to be a, an asset going forward. Again, we only had like by the time we got to marketing, we had like three weeks, maybe two weeks. Yeah. So like we were because this was this was organized so last minute. So we'll have way more time to prep this one on the next go. Yeah. Um, another component that I wanted to have was like a panel discussion that just didn't happen. Um, Again, like when you when you're thinking of that organization, you need. Sound system. You need sound you need system. stage. You need, you need a need host. Like, you need a host. You need lighting. You need like yeah. a, a place where people can sit. Or yeah, something. absolutely. Like, that takes a lot of organization that we just didn't have. But you know that's okay. Next time, yeah. or maybe not next time, but down the road, who knows? Yeah. So that that didn't um, come to fruition, but you know that's definitely still in the, in our thoughts. We might might include a component of that. Um, and lastly, we had promised like food trucks, plural. Um, which we did have lined up. We had a, a guy who was going to be doing uh, great Mexican food tacos and stuff like that. But unfortunately, it was a two-man team, and one of the guys got COVID like two days before the event, so they had to pull out last minute. So that was kind of out of our control, um, but that wasn't one of the deficiencies there yeah. that I was slightly concerned about. But uh, but all in all, you know but what? There's more, dude. Don't worry. We're, yeah. We got more to talk about. So we had, we had an auction component. We yeah. had like a... Uh, silent live auction formula that we came up with. Jesse kind of came up with this. <laughs> we had we had everybody got to put a piece on a wall, which is a, it was a great concept. It needs some development, but yeah. how it ran was everybody got to put a piece on a wall. Then you would go on uh, the BidSitch IG account and bid on the pieces. So the people in the show could bid, but the people outside the show could also bid. I think ideally next time we'll have a real silent auction where you actually have to write your bid on a sheet. Yeah. Everyone gets to put a piece up on the wall. You get to do proper silent bids. So only the people in the event are bidding, in my yeah. opinion, would be better. Yeah, I think that's that's better. We so. did like a live auction event from on the, Sunday. the show yeah. and kind of had people helping out. And I think, again, if we do that, like we need someone who just is there to do that. Yeah. And like maybe like a personality who's like live the whole day walking around and then also auctioning pieces because – for us, it took us out of the show, which sucked because you're kind of like, we're at a show. We should be with the people at the show. At the show. Exactly. But I think that's a really viable concept that I want to develop more, which is like having someone there all day live. What, and, and, the, and that could be, that could have its own programming where he's just going around to the different end of the world was there from New York who was live most of the day. Yeah. But organizing that concept with like, our like our account or something so that like he's actually auctioning people shit off doing auctioning people shit off also like going booth to booth maybe like doing a five ten minute interview with each different vendor just to kind of get their lay of the land promote each vendor to big up their following on ig and also uh, um provide an experience for people who can't make it to the show that are maybe in a different province or different country that they can kind of see what it's like so that Maybe for the next one, they're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to fly to Toronto for this because this looks like a great event. Um, so there's lots of things, more things to develop. We do want to maybe even develop um, a component of entertainment for the next one that's like goes into the evening a little bit more. Another thing that we're working on for the next one is an area that can have alcohol sales. So you can go and have a beer. Yeah, beer garden. It'll, it'll be a summer or late spring event where the weather will be good. So it can be an outside beer garden. Yeah, outside beer garden. Um, and possibly, you know, some live music, some bands or some, you know, music things going on. So, you know, so there's lots of things in the works, but keep it locked because we're coming back 
in the spring. Um, we're loosely shooting for June, but there will be an announcement soon. So, yeah. Big up on the event. This man, ballsy for doing it. Just a super short notice. Uh, and I have to give, look, I would could never have done this without Mark. He was a fucking driving force in this thing. Mark Keeling at Google Chrome Boy on IG. He's one third of Deadstock Depot. Shout out Dan and Ty. Um, and, you know, he freaking crushed it too. And I think like, between the three of us, we freaking made it happen. Yeah, you know, people with the right experience in the right place know what's going on. We can make it happen. And we're being real with you guys. There's hiccups. There's lots of things that didn't pan out. But at the end of the day, like, what did happen, that I'm going to put some on this podcast because we have footage of talking to vendors. You know, they all had a fucking great time. Everybody uh, made money. The, the attendee, like, we had attendees coming up to us going, like, this was fucking rad. Like I saw the ad. I'm here. I'm loving it. It's a great idea. Like people were so stoked, and it was so fucking fulfilling. It was so fulfilling. Got so it. fulfilling when the when the doors open and there's a lineup after like you plan this for a period of time. You're in there slugging it out. You're tired of shit because you've had days of like prep, cleaning. Is it gonna work out? Is the fucking truck gonna come here? Is this gonna happen? And then it happened. What a weight lifted <laughs> off my shoulders. I was like, wow, I can breathe. I could have like just gone to bed at that point because I was just like. Uh, like sleepless nights for a while leading up to it nerves like crazy but are uh, you changing the floor plan like on the hour, fly half hour before people are showing up to set up yeah we had a lot of yeah and there was like hiccups even with the space because it was almost a construction site still um it's still under construction like it's still under uh, renovating it so to speak so there's a lot of shit going on there and some of the lights weren't working that were directly over top of like existing floor plan that we created and it was Saturday morning at like six in the morning. We couldn't get the electrician to come. So me and Mark had to change the floor plan like on the fly because we couldn't put a vendor in a space that had no light. Um, so we've switched it all up. But, you know, those are the things that come up. You got to expect the unexpected plan for the worst and hope for the best. And you know what? At the end of the day, we made it happen. I just want to give one last shout out to Drew Hale, um, Gabriel, James Bowie, uh, my boys who are the guys who are really behind the space itself. Uh, the space is called the Black Creek Assembly. It's, it's like kind of a multifaceted event space. There's going to be a lot of amazing programming going on there um, in the next six, eight months. So keep your eyes on that. Go follow the old clothing show account, guys. Please. It's the old clothing show, straight up. Yeah. Now, plans for the old clothing show is, you know, we have the team here. We're going to continue to, we're going to continue to roll these out. You know, stay tuned because we're going to be announcing uh, coming to different towns. Who knows where it's going to go? Next one again will be in Toronto, and then, then the world. Yeah, you never know. Stay tuned for that. We're bringing it um, to you. And yeah, thanks to all the fucking vendors that trusted in us. That yeah, was a huge thank thing. Thank you so much. You know, everybody really. It's it's a big trusting because you're trusting us to come through with what works. We say we're going to do. Yeah. Um, thank God we did, and you guys all did well. Super stoked on that. Um, you know, again, follow the channel, follow the podcast, go listen to all the old episodes. I'm back uh, next week with a fresh guest, and I'm. This is the fourth in a row Monday drop. We have I haven't missed yet. Okay, guys, so I'm keeping it real. Keep it coming on the Mondays. See ya. Peace. What do you think of the event? It's great. Good vibes, really good vibes, good stuff, good gear. 
good people. What do you think of the Canadian dollar? I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, was it worth the trip? Um, it's getting there. I haven't calculated my, you know, deal, but... Dude, you got to hang out with us, bro. That's always worth it. <laughs> You're saying financially. I don't even think about that because I'm, you know, having such a good time with you guys. What do you think of the event? It's amazing. Fantastic turnout. Ready for another day. Crazy, crazy show. Trust me, it's going to be the best show in Toronto. <laughs> it is the best show in Toronto. It's happening right now under my feet. So we don't really care about the show. We want fishing tips. Fishing tips? Yeah. Bass tips. I got no tips. Come on. <laughs> Share something. What do you want? What kind of tip? What's your favorite lure? Besides a hula popper. You know what? Honestly, it's probably just going to be a Senko. Rubber worm. It's very versatile. What color, though? Uh, for largemouth, black and blue flake. For smallmouth, green pumpkin. Okay, that's what we needed. What do you guys think of the event? It was very, very good. I would definitely recommend coming to the next one. Absolutely. What's your IG? Vintage Way, Way CA. CA. Your IG? Ariel Garms. Okay. How do you like the event? That's been great. Turnout's been really good. It's been busy pretty much all day. We're winding down the last like hour now and it's still pretty steady, so it's been good. It was amazing. Uh, sold a lot of cool shit that I've never thought I'd sell, like cassettes, vinyls, toys. So it was cool to see that everybody was buying a little bit of everything. Awesome. Had to come out. Yeah. It's spread of stuff, yeah.